Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. I'm super excited because I got my guy, Marvin Mitchell here. He's from Compass Retirement Solutions. Marvin, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thank you, Daniel. I'm a big fan of yours, by the way. Ah. I, you know, I love your book. Uh, okay, good. We're going to talk about that and everything else. Now, what's cool about you is you're a financial advisor and you're here right. as a My Outdesk client. So I want to break that down, man. Let's right. talk real quick about how you got into the business and then what you're up to today. Oh, absolutely. So I had no intentions of being a financial advisor, uh, Daniel, to be quite frank with you. I started my career due to tragedy. Nice. Never thought about becoming a financial advisor until my grandmother became sick. She got some bad advice. She ran out of money because of a stock market crash. She had no long-term care insurance. And when she passed away, she felt like she was a burden. So I decided to go into the industry really in memory of my grandmother. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions I could ever make. And and it turned out to be a really, really, really powerful life change for me because thank God I didn't have to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. One thing that's very cool about our business is that you and I run them very similar, which is oh, why, really? yeah, I mean, we're an inbound marketing company too. I mm -hmm. mean, we create content, people come in, we hopefully help them. We do a strategy session. It's right. a very similar model. And I think it's way most businesses are moving these days. Mm -hmm. When you first came to us, though, we had some work to do, and I want to talk right. through that. It was, a, it was an accident that I got on a call with, um, with Daniel. So I, I hired a virtual assistant, and the virtual assistant, they set me up, and basically your company set me up with a one-on-one -on -one orientation. Yep. And I got an email, and I believe that email was from someone on your team, talking about the one-hour conversation with you. And I was yep. confused. I thought I was walking into a normal orientation, but I was actually talking to the guy. Yeah, yeah. At my out desk, which was pretty cool. And, and basically, as we were conversating, you told me a couple of things that I really think helped me. Um, yep. First off, I only was going to hire one virtual assistant. And yep. you challenged me to say you typically you always want to hire two people because you want them to be almost in friendly competition against one of one another and, and kind of raise that level. So we, we actually took you up on that. We hired two. Yep. Second thing that you told me is that I think you'll get more response from people setting meetings if you actually name your process. And we didn't have a name for it. We just said, hey, if you want a complimentary consultation, click here. Right. And we made one simple change. We called it a 15-minute retirement income strategy session. Mm. Um, and it, it was a game changer because by calling it a 15-minute strategy session, who doesn't want a 15-minute retirement income strategy session? They're already interested in retirement. They, they requested our book. So yeah, there was no intimidation by requesting that. And essentially, once, once, once we get them on the phone call, um, they're you know, unless there's anything standing in their way, they're coming in and they're setting a meeting and they're going to become clients for the most part. Right. What have been some of the biggest learnings that you've had since hiring virtual assistants to help through this whole process? Because there's a lot of heavy lifting in making those calls. Right. There's a lot of conversations that have to be had. You got to chase mm -hmm. people from time to time. What has been your biggest learning? I think just watching the way that your staff and your team works. And what I mean by that is, is when I went through that orientation call finally, it took me about two to three reschedules, but I finally did it. <laughs> and when I did it, they actually went through 
KPIs and what do I want my KPIs to be and how many phone calls do I want that virtual assistant to make? How many appointments do I expect that person to make? What's their maximum value that they can add to the company? And, and really, I wouldn't have really thought about those particular questions because I never really obviously hired anybody, even out of state, nevertheless, out of the country. Right. So what that sort of forced me to think of my company in a, in a structured way and to hold them to that particular standard. And I'll tell you, I took that and I actually brought it to my internal staff as well because I really didn't have KPIs. I, I wouldn't know how to tell them if they're winning or losing because I didn't really have that down. I had a lot of limiting beliefs. I mean, I thought that the language barrier would be a huge hindrance um, on the performance. If someone calls with a language barrier, we automatically assume that they're going to look at us in a negative way. But I've gotten compliments. I mean, it's actually not been a bad thing. So for me, what I had to learn, not really what I had to learn, it's what I had to unlearn, yes. which was all of the limiting beliefs that were, that were in my head. Yeah, I love it. You got a copy of the book. We made yes. sure you had that. Um, what were some of the big takeaways that you found from the book? You know, I saw a lot of myself and you. I mean, you talked about how you were at your, what, your honeymoon. Yeah. And you were working. And then one of the people at the, at the bar said, what are you doing working? You're in your honeymoon. You yeah. Know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and it, it really resonated with me because I'm, I'm a new father. I mean, I have a two-year-old. and Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing that I got out of this, once I got up and rolling, um, with someone from the Philippines as a virtual assistant, it really spread my limits because if I can manage something through a voice over IP in a totally different country, it really challenged me to be better internally with what I'm doing in my particular office. I mean, I can have someone in a different state to be a sales advisor if I can have yeah. someone in a different country making sales calls. I mean, so again, it just, just really just spread my mind and, and, and gave me the, uh, the inclination of what's possible. What are some of the challenges that you've experienced so far with using my outdesk and, and what has been some of the more difficult? I, I, I just yeah. want people to know what they're getting into. So I'm, I'm one of those weird sales guys, right? You right. know, that wants you to know the whole enchilada before sure. you buy it. I'll tell you what I slack at. And, and I say I, because really I'm responsible for my lack in this particular area. Yep. If you really want to have a good, not just virtual team, but just any team, Communication is key. Maybe mm -hmm. daily meetings are mm -hmm. key. Not for long, maybe 10 or 15 minutes just to get that person on the same page. Sitting, sitting some time aside every week to talk about key performance indicators, to do role play, to do training. Those things are key. And I'll tell you, I fall short on that a lot yeah. of times. And what I've done is I've really appointed somebody else in my office to sort of be the quote unquote manager to do a lot of these meetings. Because when it was up to me, I would set a meeting something would come up, I would counsel it. It's not very, it's not a lot of integrity doing that. And I'll yeah. tell you, when you're not, when you're not training, I noticed that our numbers started to slip a lot. Mm -hmm. When we went back to doing these role plays, you know, quite ironically, the numbers picked back up. So you need to make sure that when you hire anybody, especially a virtual assistant that's not right there in your face, we got to make sure that we're sitting at time to train, to develop, to teach. Yeah. And if you're not, you're, you're wasting it, to be quite frank with you. Yeah, I love that. One of the things that we do on a consistent basis is just video calls like when the one that we're doing right, right now. We just do a video call and there's training and, and reviews. Sometimes I'll pull calls and listen. In fact, mm -hmm. I have a sales guy right now that I'm, I've got to listen to his call and help him win. And right. I think a lot of folks, especially when we're entrepreneurs and we're building businesses and training other people, it's not the 
funnest job, right? It's not the right. thing that you love doing. You like meeting new people and interacting. So you're, you're spot on with the communication. I'll also say, you know, there's a thin line between being a micromanager and totally abdicate, abdicating. Yeah. And what I mean by that is you don't have to check in with them every you know, 15 minutes or anything right. like that. They know their KPIs. If they know their KPIs and, and what they're supposed to do, they're going to do it. But at the same time, don't fall into the trap that I fell into. They start doing a great job for a long time. And I say, oh, I don't need to check in with them. They're doing pretty good. I don't check in with them. And eventually I get upset because the numbers start dropping. Well, the numbers drop because I drop. I stop. Yeah. You have to inspect what you expect. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah, I love it, man. That's good. What systems do you have to set up in order to make this work to have a virtual right. team? This is not necessary, but I'll tell you what we did because I wanted to leverage the virtual virtual team. So initially, when I first started, basically every league went to that virtual assistant. Yeah. And they were doing a great job. They were setting appointments. But here's the problem. They were setting appointments, but a lot of those people were not qualified because mm -hmm. I really didn't pre-qualify those individuals. Mm -hmm. Now, there's two ways that you could do this. You could train your virtual professionals to pre-qualify. Yep. Or you could have a system to pre-qualify before it even goes to your virtual professionals. And that's what we decided to do. So we use Infusionsoft. Yeah. And what we did in Infusionsoft is we created web forms. In order for somebody to sign up, and I give away a free book. I have two free books. One book is called Retire Early, The Nine Critical Decisions When Retiring Early Before 65. Then another book I have is called Mistake-Free Retirement. So we'll actually give away as a lead magnet those books. But before they can actually get that book, they have to give us their phone number, their, their address, their email. Um, do they have over a certain amount in assets? Yes or no. Yeah. Um, are they over a certain age? Yes or no. So what we do is if they answer satisfactory for those particular questions, yes, yes, then only that lead goes to the virtual professional. Yeah. Everybody else just goes into my long-term nurturing drip system. And what that has done is, is that when we get those appointments set, 15-minute strategy review sessions called uh, from those virtual professionals, we know that it's a qualified person already. Right. They don't have to spend their time pre-qualifying. And you also got to think about this. Every single call that they make is a quality call because right. it's a quality person. Right. And when it comes to us, we know that we've set a meeting with a quality person. And I'll tell you, since I've been doing that, um, Daniel, our average case size last year, used to be 325. We've been doing this now for about 325,000. We've been doing this for about four months now. Our average case size has increased to about 850,000 because we're only dealing with people that we've already pre-qualified. We know how many assets they have already. And you get paid the assets under management. So this is a direct reflection of a 3X of your revenue since last year. Same word 3X. I mean, you got to think about this. It's just like, you know, if you're selling a real estate building for 800,000 versus 100,000. You might do the same work, but the commission right. is a lot bigger on that $800,000 home. Same yep. thing with us. If we get a bigger client, the problems are the same. And I'll tell you this, Daniel, surprisingly enough, uh, the bigger accounts are, are a lot lower maintenance yeah. than a smaller account. So it's, it's a no brainer. The problem was, is how do we actually filter the non-qualified people through our system without wasting hours and hours of our time and now that right. we filter people throughout that process, how do we spend the time with those particular people more? And I love that. I love that. Well, it would be like us saying, you know, we want new clients, but not asking people if they owned a business and needed talent, you know, right. you got to know your basics. I love that. 
Well, we're going to wrap up, Marvin, but you definitely have built something special. I love what you're doing. I believe that you're going to be past the $5 million mark this year, which is an incredible growth. What advice would you give to other financial advisors out there who are considering the hiring virtual assistants for their business? Well, the first thing I'll say is that perfection is the enemy of being great. You're not going to be perfect. It does take time. In the financial advisory world, we all want immediate satisfaction, but I'll tell you, immediate satisfaction will keep you yearning for immediate satisfaction. At some point, you need to build systems. You need to build structures that are going to take you out of the equation. My advice would be just like Nike, right? Just do it. What's the Ah. worst that can happen? You have to tweak it along the way. You don't fail until it's over, right? You just keep tweaking. You do it. You fail. You tweak. You do it. You fail. You tweak. You do it. You fail. You tweak. And that's how you learn. So my um, deal would be to go for it. Worst case scenario, you lose a little money. Guess what? The education will be worth. We spent more than that on a bachelor's degree and we didn't learn anything. Uh -uh. So, (laughs) you know, so that's my advice. I love it. What do you, um, what's, what do you believe the return on investment has been? I mean, you pay, you know, the, you're 1747 a month. Mm -hmm. That's what you spend. So it's a little bit more than $400 a week for each person. What, what do you believe your return on investment is? Well, I'll give you an example um, really quick. So literally right before this, this, um, this webinar, yeah, I was just meeting with a client, rushing that particular client. It wasn't a client. It was actually a new prospect that just became a client. Yep. So this person was set by a virtual professional. We called that person. We would have never gotten in touch with that person had it not been for the virtual professional setting that particular appointment. Just closed that case about, what, half hour ago, right before the call? Yeah. What that will pay me, to give you an example, on that $2 million, it's going to pay me a revenue of about $43,000. Now, you think about that. Basically, that one client just paid for both virtual assistants for the rest of the year. So they're paid for. So everything else is icing on the cake. So we'll probably... I can't even tell you what our ROI is going to be toward the end of the year because it's going to keep building momentum as the year goes along, but it's definitely going to be more than about 20 to 1. I love it, man. Well, Marvin, once again, I really appreciate you being here and I love your line, just do it. Hey, thank you, Daniel. I appreciate the time.